and goals, it's, it's quite history tonight. I never ever thought that we would be sharing a platform together. Um, the Walkers and the Hills, we go back, we go back to the late 80s, early 90s, up in uh, Bury in Lancashire. And this boy was just about the, sh the shyest boy. Still on, still on. <laughs> the shyest boy, seriously, I've ever known in my life, uh, Gemma and Stephen, and then uh, we lost a bit track because they moved down here and so on. And then uh, the next time I saw him, Stephen was turning the acetates for John Wilkes <laughs> for the worship uh, and then baptism. But to see uh, this man called into full-time evangelism, it is an absolute joy to me personally and to you as well. And it, is, it reminds me of that old hymn, It is no secret what God can do. What is done for others, he'll do for you. He's a trophy of grace. If the Lord has a call on your life, that's it. <laughs> Every blessing, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> that's that. Oh, thank you. I know it is just so hot tonight, so I'll try uh, not to keep you that long. But we've got the doors open there. All right. Okay, we're going to be looking, let's read through Matthew uh, and 24 tonight, please. Matthew and chapter 24. <clears throat> Matthew, the Jew, writing for Jews. Such a precious message for us tonight, though. And in Matthew 24 and verse 1, we read, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of the coming of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. But nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Hallelujah. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not come down and take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe unto those who are pregnant, to those with nursing babies in those days. And pray that your fight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. 
For there will be a great tribulation such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders, so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. Do not believe it. The doctrine, the study, the teaching on eschatology has been a source of friction, of division within the church for the last 2,000 years. I think one of the saddest things I ever saw was two elderly, sound, mature Christians almost coming to physical blows because they had different opinions on the second coming, the return of the Lord Jesus, uh, the rapture, uh, and so on and so on. They had such widely different views. In fact, it was so serious, even the families had to come between them. This is not right. Friends, there are two certainties in regard to eschatology, the study, the doctrine, the teaching on the end times. One, he will come. He has promised he will come, as our friend prayed tonight, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. And the second is that only the Father knows. Only the Father knows. And that will be a day when the Father will say to Jesus, go son. And that will be it. We don't know. Jesus doesn't know. The angels in heaven don't know. And no false prophet on this earth can know that utter. Only God the Father knows this. The passage that we're looking at today takes part in the Tuesday afternoon of what we know as Holy Week, between the triumphal entry and Good Friday. Friends, there is so much teaching in that week. It's absolutely wonderful. Between the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, and uh, Good Friday, there is so much that we can learn from that. Well, after rebuking the religious leaders following the triumphal entry in the city, and Jesus says in verse 37 of Matthew 23, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks on her wings, but you were not knowing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I will say to you, you shall see me no more until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It is no wonder that the religious leaders hated him so much. Hated him enough to kill him. This is real and this is so sad. Well, the dis disciples' response to this was, Master, Look at these fine buildings. Aren't they absolutely wonderful? They wanted to show him, look at all these beautiful buildings. Is that the right thing that we could say at this time? Well, Jesus said to them clearly, 
Do you not see all these things? I assuredly I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Wow. These are things that they thought were built to last. They thought they were eternal. These buildings will be here forevermore. Perhaps that's what they thought when the Twin Towers were built in America. Nobody can touch these. These are immovable. These are undestructible. In AD 70, the Roman army under Emperor Titus sacked Jerusalem as a fulfillment of the prophecy of our Lord Jesus' words. And Jesus, once again, was right. So after this initial teaching, Jesus led the disciples out of the city to the Mount of Olives, the Mount of Olives, or Mount Olivet. This morning we shared part of what we know as the Upper Room Discourse. This teaching to his disciples is what we know as the Olivent Discourse. The Olivent Discourse, the teaching within the Mount of Olives. Well, we look at that verse 3, and the disciples, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Now this is away from the crowds, away from the holy huddle, just his own men. They came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? My word, there's three questions. There is three meaty questions that they're sharing uh, with, um, with, with the Saviour. On the Sunday of the triumphal uh, entry, we read... And when they had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus, the prophet, was about to prophesy. He was about to share what the Father was laying on his heart. Now, when we talk about the end times and the rapidly approaching end times, we talk, well, it's there, isn't it? Wars and rumours of wars, nations shall rise upon a uh, nation. There'll be earthquakes, famines, pestilence, all these things. And as a brother prayed tonight about the situation in Morocco, we turn on our televisions one morning and there's this massive earthquake has happened in Morocco. 2,000 plus how many thousand will, will, will be suffering? How many will be injured? How many buildings destroyed? Will it ever be the same? We've seen fires raging throughout the world this, this year. Unprecedented things happening in our world. All these things are happening. And all the, the oh yes, it must be, it must be the signs of the uh, end of the age. But... I believe, and I just want to share, we've got it again, those three points. Every time, we can't get away from three points preaching, can we, Stephen? Every time we go for three points. But there's three things here, because it's three verses. And I think this is the most serious. I think this is the warning that every believer needs to heed, take to heart, and really, really consider seriously. Because Jesus answers, and as part of his answer... We find in verse 4. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Does this really matter, Master? Take heed that no one deceives you. Now, when 
I read something in the scriptures once. It means the Lord needs us once to take heart, to, to take that to our heart, to really take that as his words. And then we read it again in that verse 11. For many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So there's two signs. These are signs of the end times, of the coming, of the end of the age, of the return of our Lord Jesus. But seriously, friends, I tell you, this is the worst of all in verse 24. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. If you know the Lord, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, that's you. The elect, the church, the believer, the Christian, the disciple, the believer in and follower of the Lord Jesus, that's the elect. And Jesus is saying that there are those who will rise up in these end times that will deceive even if possible. And friends, yes it is, even the elect. Even the elect. This teaching is from a Jewish perspective. But we, the church, having been grafted onto the branch, having been adopted into the family, it is as relevant for each and every one of us. Jesus says to the holy hurdle in John and chapter 8, You are of your father. He's a liar and the father of all lies. He is a liar. I only speak the truth. And friends, we need to know the difference. Anything. We might think that we're never ever going to be fooled by anything. We constantly see in the media how uh, identity fraud, uh, how uh, financial swindling is going on all the time. People are being taken out of the money, of their money. And you might say, I'm never, ever, it's never going to happen to me. Well, actually, that's just what Jackie and I said. And then just a few months ago, it was quite late at night, I was watching something in the other room and Jan came in, she said, Gary's in trouble. No, Gary's 300 miles away up in Lancashire. Gary's in trouble. Why? Uh, he's been robbed. Uh, he's been attacked. Uh, he's waiting for an ambulance. He's uh, been taken into the local police station. Uh, they've robbed him of his phone. Uh, he's, he's using a temporary phone. Uh, he needs some money urgently. All by text. Now, every single word of warning, everything we'd ever heard in the past was wiped out. All that we knew is our boy was in trouble. That's all we heard. We didn't even stop and think, oh, hang on. Because it starts off, hi, mum. You see? And what we didn't know is that someone had hacked into our boy's phone. And they got Jackie's number. And it come under, mum. And... Uh, uh, all I can say, we did lose some money, but we could have lost a heck of a lot of money. Watch out, friends. Watch out. You think it's not going to happen to you, but it, and we thought exactly the same. How can we look at this from a, a spiritual perspective? Well, when Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he said this, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Watch out! You think, you, you know, you may have been saved many, many years. You know the scriptures, you know the word. 
Yo, no one's going to catch me out. I know the word. Watch out. This is what the people in Corinth thought, just to say. Let he who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And this is exactly what the Lord Jesus is teaching. And normally I hold my Bible, but my hands are so wet tonight, I'm leaving it. Sorry, I do like to hold the word, but it's, uh, I'm going to have to do that tonight. Remember his words. Remember the teaching of the Lord on what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, followed by the beautiful Beatitudes. And Jesus said this, Beware of the false prophets who comes to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. They look good. They sound good. But they are of the evil one. So how can we spot this? How can we be on our guard? Well, Jesus carries on and he says this in verse 16, Matthew and 7. Oh, I'll have to hold it. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or, or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. As part of my work in the hospital, I hear some absolute horror stories of people who have had confrontations, have had dealings with those who claimed to be Christian. They may carry a Bible. They may go to church. They may say all the right things. But where's the fruit? Where's the love, joy, peace, patience? Where is it? Where is the evidence? Where is the evidence? Some years ago, a lady was just coming up to the traffic lights, not to any way because she'd be only chugging through. But, but she came up to the traffic lights in the city and the lights changed to amber. So in accordance with the highway code, she brings her car to a stop. The car behind hammers the horn. He's waving his fist out the window. He's hammering his horn. Next thing so, there's a police car alongside. Drags the man out of the car and handcuffs him. And he says, what's the matter? What's the matter? He said, well... We think you've stolen this car that you're in. And, and he said, why, why? No, it's my car, it's my car. He said, because you've got a Jesus loves you and a fish bad sticker in the back window. That's not how you're acting. Well, the man got away with it with a very severe lesson. Watch for the fruit. Look for the evidence. Sometimes things just look too good. The world has a spiritual hunger. It's looking for something. I shared that this morning. Looking for something. But you don't know what always you're looking for. If you lose something, that's bad enough, right? I've lost my keys. Now, where did I see? Do you know everybody says to you, where did you see them last? <laughs> if you knew, <laughs> you go there. <laughs> but, the, but if you lose something... You've got a purpose in mind, you start to look for it. But when you're looking for something, what you don't know, what you're looking for, where are you going to find it? And God placed within others, every single man, woman, boy and girl, he placed within us that spiritual void that only Christ 
can fill. Entertainment, money, technology, all the rest. Do you know we've got these fancy little phones? They can do so much. They don't give us any pleasure. In fact, you know, they're probably more of a nuisance than uh, uh, sometimes. They're more of a nuisance than, uh, than good. But we have them, don't we? Oh, we must have our phones working definitely all the time. When John was writing his first letter, he said this. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. All these warnings, all these arrows, all these signposts against the coming deceit. Only Christ can satisfy. Always being ready to capitalize on each and any situation. Satan raises up for himself men and women to do his purposes. We're saying before he raised up Stevie. He's raised up many, many men and women in his service. And so does the evil one. So does the evil one. Men and women who claim they have soul divine revelation from God. Some of the names like Joseph Smith, Charles Russell, Ron L. Hubbard, Herbert B. Armstrong, uh, Mary Baker Eddy, Emmanuel Swedenberg. Well, there's a good name for you. When uh, we were growing up in Lancashire, in a mill town in Lancashire, and at the age of seven, we moved from one part of the town to the other. And before we moved, we used to attend the local school. And when we moved, it was quite a way to walk. Well, there was a church just around the corner. It was called a new church. Uh, and mum, let's say, encouraged us to go. You will go. You will go. There's no arguing. Um, and, and so we started to go to this, this church. And uh, I used to go to the, uh, with the scouts to the church parade uh, on a Sunday. And I couldn't wait for it to finish. And we kept being asked, would you like to join? Would you like to join as a junior member? And I don't know why. I didn't know why that I wouldn't join. Because it was only after I gave my life to the Lord that I found out that the new church or the new Jerusalem, as it was called, was Swedenborgian. It was coming under the teachings of Emmanuel Swedenborg, a Swede who got his messages from the angels. It looked like a church. They had hymn books. They sang hymns. They, they, they did everything that you would think within a church. But they were false. They were a cult. They were wrong. Absolutely wrong. And men and women, boys and girls, were sucked into it. All roads lead to God. No, they don't. There's only one. We spoke this morning, or we heard about a broad road and a narrow road. And friends, you know that narrow road is getting narrower and narrower. We are being squeezed onto a narrow road. And the world road is getting wider and wider and wider. But the broad road leads to destruction. The narrow road leads on to glory.
one road and that way is Jesus. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And as I mentioned, having dabbled in so many isms and cults and oh, you name it, it's a long, long list. I finally found the truth and believed the truth. Customs officers have a real problem today. We have an influx into this country, and I'm sure other countries are the same, of counterfeit um, articles. The Chinese have got so good at counterfeit antiques that it takes an absolute expert to examine that in infinite detail to say that this grandfather clock, this Ming vase or whatever is not genuine. They have got so good at counterfeit things being imported into the country. Look for the original. We were, we were on holiday once uh, and we, we uh, were in Ephesus and we traveled down through Ephesus and we got to the bottom and there's a, a big hut there selling things. Uh, genuine imitation fake Rolex watches. <laughs> Two dollars a piece. <laughs> but they look good. Friends, they look good. Uh, you know, but, but even Rolex, you know, 20,000, $30,000 $30, watches, pound watches are being faked. A young man got a job in a bank and uh, he was placed in the counterfeit uh, section. And uh, he was talking with one of his friends one day and he said, look, he said, you must have to study these counterfeit notes carefully. He said, no, I study the originals. And that is what we have to do, friends. Look unto Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. Look unto Jesus and look to see Jesus in his followers. Watch and pray. And finally, you love those words, I know. Those chilling verses in 24 and 25, Matthew 24. <clears throat> Jesus' third warning, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And that verse particularly chills me the most. So much of what was once accepted as the basic tenets of the, fact, uh, of the Christian faith such as creation of the virgin birth, uh, of the uh, actual bodily resurrection of our Lord Jesus, etc., etc. All these things that we all precious, that all be eroded. We generally tend to holiday now down at West Bay and the great cliffs there that were sort of came to fame through the Broad Church series. They are crumbling. They are being. Uh, gradually broken down bit by bit by bit suddenly there's a great lump but the, the the cliff face is eroding all the time and that's what's happening within the church today can you imagine that when the methodist church was was, in, was broken away was made from the church of england the baptist church and so on and so on and so on the basic tenets that these great denominations were built of and suddenly over the years they've gone and gone and gone how our lord must weep anyone ever heard of 
Bishop Carlton Pearson. Carlton Pearson was the minister of uh, a church in America, Tulsa, called High Dimensions. Uh, it grew from small roots to over 6,000 met on a Sunday. Reverend Carlton Pearson was a preacher of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was a message of repenting, of accepting, receiving and believing the Lord Jesus as your saviour. And over 25 years he preached that self-same message. And one told another, told another, and this incredible church, Higher Dimensions Church, grew to the size it was. It was a job some Sundays to squeeze everyone in. And then something happened one night. He was watching television. And it was the time when the Rwanda crisis was on. And I'll abbreviate this. But from that time, he believed that God was speaking to him. And the message that he believed he'd heard from God was that there is no need for anyone to be saved because we're all saved anyway. What Christ did upon the cross meant that no one had to do anything. It had already been done. And over a very short time, that 6,000 went to 5,000, to 4, to 3, to 2. The building sold off because what Carlton Pearson was now preaching was the gospel of inclusism or universalism or unitarianism all are saved you don't have to do anything there's no need for repentance and worse still there's no hell because he said if this God who we serve is going to condemn anyone to hell. He is no worse than Hitler or Saddam Hussein. Not exactly the words to build up your congregation. And it killed it. And one by one, the elders came to him and they begged him, Carlton, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? God has told me clearly he would not move. And friends, even today... He's still preaching some little backstreet church in America because in his head he still believes that God had said. If anyone wants to watch the full thing, it's out on Netflix called Come Sunday. I did mention it to Kevin. Don't watch it just before you go to bed though one night. Come Sunday on Netflix. It will break your heart to see how the evil one can get inside your head and deceive. Even the elect will be deceived, said Jesus. Oh, my word, how right he was. And that is just one example. If you were here last Sunday night, you heard uh, how John was sharing about some of the great preachers and teachers in America who have fallen by the word side. If you weren't here last week, listen to John's message from last week, please. I want to close with this. When Paul was teaching and preaching to the church in Ephesus, 
about spiritual warfare, he made a very strong, a very positive statement. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You may be able to stand against the wiles of God. But in verse 14 of Ephesians 6, he said this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having all done all that, stand. Take a stand. When Satan whispers in your ear, you don't need to do that. You just tell him, yes, you do. When Satan tells you, you can't be a Christian because you wouldn't have done that or done that. When he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Amen. Remind him of his future in the name of Jesus. I want to leave the last word with the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. And he writes this. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold fast the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Friends, when you come here each week, you come under the word of God. You're being fed upon it. Feed upon it. Believe it. Receive it. And stand upon it. This is dangerous days we are living in. But thank God we have the sword of the Spirit in our hand. May our Lord and Saviour continue to keep us on that narrow road to keep us safe to keep us sound to keep our spiritual ears and eyes and hearts open against the schemes and the wiles of the evil and may he bless his word to us even tonight Amen.